subscribe to the Hit That Line Podcast Network. This podcast is powered by the pros at Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. Arkansas owned, Arkansas operated. GoPascal.com. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics. I'm always high on the hogs, you guys. I'm high. Well, I'm not high right now, but my day is young. My odometer's way up there. I'm that 2018 that's already got 130,000 miles on it. The Razorbacks rush across the field to get that boot. Tommy, Chuck, and Ty, you guys are the gold standards of sports talk radio. He bleeds to Arkansas. Ty's got good hair. All right, so we do want to give some round of applause to Nashville's own Michael Petaway and former Arkansas Razorback Dan Skipper, who both signed with the Indianapolis Colts yesterday. Congrats again to both of those guys who donned the Razorback uniform a little bit. Both were on the same team at one point in time. And Tom, we've talked about guys being on the same team at the at the NBA level, but I guess this would be pretty cool for Dan and LaMichael to be former teammates at the college level, now potentially with the Indianapolis Colts as well. Yep, and uh, you know we're, we're getting to, to camps here and getting around and at camp rosters, and hopefully they can hang around here and stay healthy, have a chance to make that 53. So mm-hmm. uh, play them special teams, boys. It gives you a good chance to be there. I, you know, for, for Skipper, I don't know uh, how special teams works in for a guy with his frame, but – He's hard to pass up on uh, with the with with the size, and you know we were talking, uh, listening to Musselman earlier. I, I don't know if we got into the clip here where he's talking about wingspan with the guards and not having it quite like he had. There's a guy with some wingspan too. Uh, when you talk about big big human beings, that's Dan Skipper. Uh, Skip was either six nine or six ten. Blocked that huge field goal against TCU. Oh man, blocked a couple others and was uh, in- instrumental on special teams and maybe. Some NFL team like the Indianapolis Colts could use him in that role as well. I know they're going through kind of a change. Anthony Richardson drafted by them, former Florida quarterback, so they're kind of going through a a regime change a little bit. They're having some issues with Dan Ursay and and Jonathan Taylor going back through negotiations right now. But, I mean, that's a franchise that Peyton Manning got to the mountaintop. And uh, outside of that, Tommy, there haven't been a lot of great – I guess luck was okay, but there haven't been a a lot of great times for the Colts. Robert just sent us a picture on the uh, McClarty Daniel hotline, texted this in uh, from uh, from the Washington camp. Day five of training camp is this uh, picture on Twitter. Uh, it says, day five of ca- training camp, first day of pads, first player out to the practice field is, it says, drum roll in air quotes, John Ridgway. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah, so, I mean, there's another uh, kind of good report or just a fun picture to look at of a former Razorback. As, uh, yeah, these guys are getting well uh, indoctrinated into these training camps right now. Uh, and the NFL, uh, I guess, uh, when's the first preseason games? I didn't even look at the schedule. This, uh, those have to be Hall of Fame games got to be coming up. So I mean, Christian, look that, look that up for us because I don't I even know. but I don't. I'm sorry to put you on the spot. Tomorrow, says Robert. Okay. So. Well, you think about – so I mentioned teammates – Let's go to Washington. So you mentioned John Ridgway, Ricky Stromberg, and Cam Curl, all former Razorbacks. Now, John and Ricky played together. I don't think maybe Cam overlapped with Ricky, didn't, of course, overlap with um, John Ridgway, but that's three Razorbacks right there in Washington that could be Mm -hmm. teammates this fall. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, fun stuff, and uh, you know, hopefully we got a lot of pro hogs. We can we can probably do a whole segment this fall on pro hogs. We're we're to the point now. If you think about it, Ty, and uh, football is probably the one that lags behind the most with uh, the way the, the the basketball program under Musselman's evolved. 
Um, there's plenty of pro hogs to, to follow and update on, and then baseball's kind of been the, the standard bearer. Maybe we'll get there in football this year. So um, be good to have where we could spend some time talking about how all those guys do on a Monday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Jets and Browns play tomorrow there you uh, go. on NBC at 7. So it's first preseason. We should have known that, but I, I honestly have not paid much attention at all at this point to NFL preseason. Well, so. you think about that dynamic. So you won't have much of... I guess Aaron Rodgers initially and in preseason, if any at all, but that'll be Aaron Rodgers and Deshaun Watson's team that will have a chance to watch this point. I mean, NFL wise, you think about how loaded the AFC is. If you're a Dallas Cowboy fan, and I was talking to a morning rush listener about this earlier this week, the Dallas Cowboys should be the second best team in the NFC, not just the NFC East, but the NFC. That is the easier conference by a landslide. Dak Prescott and company have to find a way to get to that point. You're not going to have home field advantage again in the playoffs because you're going to go, gotta go through Philadelphia, but the Dallas Cowboys should be the second team in the NFC. That's It, it, it is set up perfectly for Jerry Jones and company this year. So how will they screw it up? Or the Dallas Christian, Cowboys. Christian, how will how will it all come unraveled? Please, They'll find a way. Tell <laughs> they will find a way. Uh, you know, give me a reason not to be negative. Come on, just that's all I'm asking. <laughs> well, I mean, uh, I think you're you're going to have probably the best defensive player in Micah Parsons in the National Football League. It comes down to Dak. I mean. We we keep coming back to the quarterback situation. I, I really, not elite. Yeah. That's what people. That's that's what the real fans will tell you. Not elite. I mean, he so. has moments where he's like he, he's throwing it all over the field, and then there's moments where he looks terrified. Yeah. I don't I don't know. Threw, it's kind of like me. I can go birdie, par, birdie, triple bogey, double bogey, triple bogey. I mean, it's that's kind of Dak Prescott right there. It's a reflection of my golf game. Yeah. So like, there's kind of like Christian saying. Sometimes you make plays where he's rolling out of the pocket, yeah. and breaks a tackle or something. It's just wow. And other times he just throws a pick into double it's or triple like, wow. coverage. <laughs> and you're just like, dude, what are you doing? It's a uh, different wow. Yeah. Like, wow. Again, they'll have. I think they'll have a, good, a solid defense with Diggs, Parsons, and company. But uh, offense again, I'm curious to see. No Ezekiel Elliott, right? They uh, he's not he's not on the he team. is not on the yeah. team anymore. We got Stephon Gilmore yeah. to to kind of help the secondary a little bit. So that'll be a, a change for Dak Prescott not having the yeah. former Ohio State running back as his as his run along buddy this fall. Let's let's hear for some Cowboy fans this morning. McClarty Daniel Hotline text or call us. I mean, because this is the time of the year where you're going to win every one of them, right? It's Super Bowl, baby. Isn't that right, Christian? Yeah. I mean, this is this Super Bowl season for Cowboy fans. Man, the hope that Cowboy fans have every year, it's amazing. I mean, there's not, there's not been one year where I thought, we don't have a shot at all to win the Super Bowl. But it's still so torturous knowing you do realistically – have everything you need and it just doesn't happen fall apart <laughs> at some point and it has since the the mid-90s we'll see what, if this what, year's what, the same or an anomaly which one's harder being a razorback fan or being a cowboy fan which one will uh, cause more antacids to be popped uh, to get through the course of a season <laughs> cowboys or razorbacks i think it's cowboys because you knew what it was like to reach the mountaintop in the 90s. And the 90s, again, for yeah. some of us, seems like it was a lifetime ago. But that was... For you, it was. Heyday. Yeah, I mean, legitimately... <laughs> for both was, of you guys, it was. I was yeah. a youngster. I was a toddler. But for a lot of our listeners, in fact, the good majority of our listeners, that was probably your prime, to be honest. Your prime, your football team was in its prime, and it's been a shell of itself ever since. And there's you, been close... You were only alive for what... Were you alive for one or two of those Super Bowls? So they, it was, tell me, 93, 94, 96... That right? 
92, I believe, 90, yeah. or was it 90, 92, 93, 95? Because yeah. there's a gap year, right? Yeah, yeah, because cause Switzer won, won that last So year, I guess so. I was alive for one of them. As far as I'm concerned, you can throw those out the window. I'm so tired of hearing about it. We have just got to move on and become relevant. They're Ugh. still they're still relevant. Yeah, they're well, relevant from a. I mean, they're it's the most Winning. it's the most revenue producing franchise, not just the, the most United valuable States franchise in all of but sports. in all of sports. Yeah, so they're yeah, but, but from a winning percentage standpoint, yeah, fans don't care about that. They want their team to win, and they win on the field in the regular season. But when it just gets down to it, they they find a way to blow it. Here, here's what's happened with the Dallas Cowboys, and I've thought this way for quite some time. Jerry has gotten away from his roots. Jerry is a blue-collar, go-to-work, come-from-behind guy, and now the Dallas Cowboys are the pretty boys. They have the nicest facilities. They have the nicest fan base. They have the ni- and I, They did, at one point, have the nicest place to play, and it's kind of been surpassed from some of these new stadiums. But... They're no longer blue collar. Dallas as a whole, Dallas as a city is not blue collar anymore. It's changed. The dynamics have completely changed. And that's reflected within its own football team. You don't think, when you think of the Dallas Cowboys back in the day, yes, they had an explosive offense, but they had some dudes on the line of scrimmage both sides of the football. This It, it has completely changed the outlook of that well, franchise. Well, yeah, because we could sit here and spit out about four or five Hall of Famers, and it, you know, it obviously started with, you know, the offensive side with Troy Aikman, you know, yeah. and what they did with that offense with three Hall of Famers over there. I mean, name me the Hall of Famers right now. There's the difference, right? I mean, you had Hall of Famers on the offensive line. You know, you think about Nate Newton and those guys, Emmett Smith, obviously at running back. Mm-hmm. I mean, golly, I mean, um, it still play. It still comes down to players making plays, and they've they, gotten uh, soft. Well, I mean that's the all I can think about. They've got soft. Uh, they still have a collection of Hall of Famers either. That that, that would fix it in a heartbeat. Well, Christian's donning his Dallas Cowboys polo today. So again, this Good. is a guy. And again, I would say, Tommy, what what contingency of our audience listening right now is a Dallas Cowboy fan? What More 60 percent? Yeah. And now now the Kansas City Chiefs. They, and, and let me tell you, if they get really good. You know, they got back to a Super Bowl. That number would would grow a bunch. I mean, there are a lot of closet Cowboy fans that like to come out again when it's safe. But uh, when it's safe, yeah, they've kind of moved on to other things. But yeah, it'd be, if I'm mean, there'll be a lot of people turning ankles to catch the bandwagon if they get pretty good. Well, again, I I don't know the Dallas Cowboys schedule offhand, but Burrow plays in the AFC. You've got uh, Josh Allen plays in the AFC. Aaron Rodgers plays in the AFC. Patrick Mahomes plays in the AFC. You are avoiding four, uh, that. That's four of the top seven, eight quarterbacks in the National Football League that you don't have to play in your own conference. And again, I don't, I don't know if they play them straight up this year in a non-conference side of things. But that, if you're Dak Prescott, you have to take advantage of some of the lesser teams and the lesser quarterback situations you play. And I honestly don't think any Cowboy fans are confident that he's going to be able to do so. And it's not just completely on him because there's been some other situations where he's had a really good offensive game and the defense hasn't helped him out. But that that's the situation that Dallas Cowboy fans feel like they're in right now, that they have a good quarterback, but he's not elite to take them over the top like some of the other guys I just spoke to. Cowboys do play the Jets in September on the 17th. Uh, just scroll. They do play the Bills this year in December. So there's a couple of those quarterbacks on the other side of the uh, AFC-NFC line that uh, 
that you're mentioning amongst the I guess we still put Aaron Rodgers in that group, right? Yeah, he's still so, he's still there. Yeah. I think he's gonna be ticked off and revitalized. That again, Green Bay Packers, my Packers are gonna be horrible this year. I I mean Jordan Love is not the answer. I don't know who the answer is gonna be in the future, but it's not Jordan Love. Rodgers was on his his deathbed there. Both sides were ready for that to end. It was like a, I think you've described it, maybe someone else, Tommy, but you've described it as a divorce that was ready to happen, but you're just waiting to send the kids to college. And that is what Aaron (laughs) Rodgers was in his final year or so in Green Bay is you're just trying to wait till the kids get to college. As soon as you get to college, you sign the papers and the thing's over. That's what it was like in Green Bay the past year or so. I know Aaron Rodgers has a beef with Sean Payton. Did you uh, see the comments he made about yeah, cause, the, uh, coach? the former Denver coach, whose name I'm blanking on at the point, was one of Rodgers. I think it's Nathaniel Hackett. Yeah. I believe that's right, who was the uh, the head coach for Russell Wilson and company for less than a year. And that was one of Rodgers' former OCs. And, and Payton, Tommy, I don't know if you saw the comments, but Sean Payton just went scorched earth on him. It's like we were having to te- unteach everything he taught, yeah, everything, it. and and Rodgers did not take too kindly to that, like Christian saying. Yeah, and I saw where um, Sean Payton, I, I don't want to say walked him back, but he kind of explained why he went so went in so hard on that. He, I had my, my Fox analyst hat on still. <laughs> I forgot him. I kind of apologized for, for saying it. It, it. Kind of as it was unprofessional is kind of how I read that quote that he shouldn't have went in there. But uh, he, uh, I don't know that he was ever really that honest on TV, but it was a pretty honest comment. And, you know, that's the thing. We want honesty till we get honesty, and then people get upset when we're honest. Yeah. You know? Well, let me ask you something, Tommy. I don't know if you heard Dan Lanning's comments, former Georgia defensive coordinator, and now he's up there in Oregon and Eugene, but he was asked about Colorado jumping from the Pac-12 to the, the Big 12, and he said something to the extent of, I don't remember them winning anything in this league, which Dion wasn't there. I want to say they went like 26-75 and 75 since joining the Pac-12, won about a fourth of their games, but... I mean, I I thought it was funny, but people were ripping him for it. It's like you said, coaches, when you actually say something you believe and it's not coach speed, people dog you for it. But that's what we want. That's what we need for an entertainment value when it comes to college football or any other sport for that matter. Ty, you know what's entertaining? What's winning? Winning. Winning. That's entertaining. That's what we need is winning. So, exactly. Winning. Yeah. That's what Colorado didn't do. Yeah. They didn't win. They didn't win at all. Not close. It was a disaster. Maybe Dion will get him back to a point of contention in the Big what, 12. They there 10 years? Didn't they, it went uh, 10 yeah, or 11 years. 20, and they left in 2011 or 2012. I think yeah. Dan Hawkins, former Boise State coach, was there at one point. But, yeah, Tommy, it was, it was horrid. Well, you know, they didn't get any fifth downs over there in uh, the Pac-12. That's what they needed was yeah. some, some fifth downs. What so. game was that Stanford? Was that that game back in the day? Well, I thought it was a conference game back in the day. Maybe it was. I do remember what you're talking about. It's just I can't. I can't think of the opponent. I don't. Wanna, why do I? As a referee, we can't talk about it. It feels yeah. like the shanks in golf. You know, fifth downs. Ooh, you know, it's just. Have you ever given an shivers. accidental down? Be honest. Not, no, not that not I'm aware one time? of. No, okay. don't knock on wood. You know, so let's keep. You let's don't want to be a part down. of that. Yeah, don't want to be a part of that. Thank that was you. a. Uh, that was a huge. Uh, Memorable moment in the Colorado history of their program, if you will. Let's go to the McClarty Daniel Hotline where we've got Charlie, who's in Camden. Charlie, hop on with us, man. What's going on? Well, you guys were talking about my Cowboys, so I thought I would just chime in on that a little bit. Been a Cowboys fan since I was born. I was kind of 
bred into that, and I'm 30 now. You know, and that was back when they were, you know, kind of winning. And you know, I don't remember as much from my childhood when they were winning. But the thing with them is now is they got enough talent to where they're going to get to the playoffs. But they're just going to lose. And the bigger problem is not Dak. It's not – it wasn't Romo. It, it, to me, it never – I know he was criticized. I know that. But, you know, to me, it was all it's, – it's just the two – I'm, I hate to say it, the two knuckleheads at the top. I call them the, you know, they can't they can't give up, you know, their owners and their GMs. They just can't let the GM part go, and they're just so involved in everything. To me, that's their biggest problem. They're not going to win anything. As a fan, I say that because I'm just more of a realist. Like, I don't think they'll ever win anything. I don't care what quarterback they have until probably – a long time, Tommy, because I guess when uh, Jerry passes away, Stephen will take over, right? Yeah. <laughs> so we'll have to keep living with him. <laughs> you know, and I don't that get off cool. in the weeds in a in a state planning project or, or discussion <laughs> here, but you wonder how in the world do you get this thing set up where you're not forced to sell, kind of like the Redskins were with what the Cook family years ago because the value's so high and the estate taxes yep. are so large. You wonder how they'll make that work when they were like, what is it, valued at 9 or $10 billion now or something like that? So, yeah, I, I guess the Jones family will continue. So uh, They're going to have a problem when, when he does pass on, so... Yeah, and they are, but I, and I don't mean that in an ugly way. I just mean that, you know, I just don't think with them two running the entire show is what I mean, not just him, them being the owners, running the entire thing. You know, I've heard, I know someone that actually, you know, personally works down there as like a trainer, and it's just stuff he hears is like, why don't he just go down on the sideline and coach? That's the way I feel about it. And put a helmet on maybe if he wants to. You know, it's just... It's crazy, but anyways, I do want to touch on something that uh, I heard, you know, what, what you guys were kind of talking about. Uh, I think it was uh, Tom Murphy yesterday, Jaden Wilson and Sam Mbake. You know, Jaden Wilson is going to be fully healthy for camp, right? Mm-hmm. Is that what I'm hearing? Yeah, it was. I think it was l- last year he broke his leg. I, Tommy, he broke his leg. Hold on. Did he break his leg this spring or was it last? I think it was last year. Who was he asking about? I couldn't quite hear. Jaden Wilson and Sam Mbake. I thought it was last year. Okay, so. that's what I thought too. But yeah, go ahead, Charlie. Well, he had a wreck, I think, right? Jaden did. But anyway, I, they were well, starting that, 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 that was there was yeah. There's there's been we focused on Quincy McAdoo's wreck, but you're right. There was there was no but I, everything I've read that he's kind of fully recovered. We may ask Clay, but we'll we will ask Clay about that coming up at eight, but. I, I don't believe Good. that that's the issue now. But that, that happened okay. eight, ten weeks ago, something like that. Good deal. Good. I'm just glad he's okay. You know, these yeah. kids, you know, they get behind the wheel sometimes and don't make good. We all What's know. What's McAdoo's situation? I, much different, much more serious. Oh, yeah. He, we just want to make sure for him, I just want to make sure he gets back to a normal life. But, yeah, Jaden made challenge. Uh, they were talking good about him, and I think Tom Murphy's right. Having the depth there, but I, the thing that I love about Enos is, listen, you know he's going to put the best players out there, whether it's tight ends, receivers, running backs. He's going to figure this thing out. The difference between him and Browse, I love Browse between the twenties, but we were going to be eleven personnel all game. That's just the way it was. That's just going to be the difference with this offense. Yeah. So I'm excited about that. You know, I know we need to find some guys, but. I think he will find the guys, whether it's tight ends, running backs, receivers. That's how good he is. Anyways, y'all have a good one. All right. You know, Thanks, well, Charlie. I, I was with some, some 
buddies last night. We had dinner and just, you know, the discussion at any table when you get three or four guys together is going to come back to the football team. <laughs> and I just threw out the question. I think it, I think it's a good discussion is who's the third best player on offense that outside of offensive line? I know you could make a case for Limmer or Latham or someone. Skill that could, player. But, but who's the, uh, someone's going to put the ball in their hands. Who's the third best one? And I, I still contend it's A.J. Green until proven otherwise. And, you know, we discussed Satania. And, but, and it's back to what Charlie's saying there, get the best players on the field. I'll be interested to see as we move along, will they find ways and creative ways to maybe get Rocket and A.J. Green and K.J. all out there at the same time just to, as we're talking about, get your best players on the field. Because I, until you show me Satania it, it belongs to that conversation or Tesla or yeah. anyone else at wide receiver, I say A.J. Green or, or one of your tight ends, Gums or Haas or somebody, until they prove that, yeah. A.J. Green's your third best offensive skill player. I don't, I don't think you can push back on that because he's a proven commodity. Go back to the Liberty Bowl last year when Rocket went down and A.J. was forced into really a starting role, and then you put Rashad DeBinion right behind him. Both those guys exploded, too. I mean, those are guys that you want to see on the field. We've seen glimpses and flashes of A.J. in the passing yeah. game, just hoping we'll see more of that. And we've heard Chuck talk about it. We're kind of under the understanding that he's going to be your pretty solidified second-team running back. He's more physical. When he first got here, y'all, he was afraid of contact. He's more the speed track guy out of Tulsa. He's turned it. I mean, he's physical, man. That guy, it's not rocking at 243 or whatever he is now, but AJ's put on some weight in some good weight. He doesn't seem to be afraid of contact like he used to, and he's still got that speed that he had in track in high school. Yeah, and I'm not saying line up the dead T or the I. I'm just saying you got to find some other ways. Put him, uh, put him in a flanker type position, tight slot. I, I don't know what you do, but that's why what, Dan, Dan Enos what makes did the not big do bucks. With Peyton Hill is Tommy. He was on the field, fullback, yeah, tight, wide. I mean, he he put him fullback. What's that? You know, you don't even know what a fullback is yeah. anymore. This this old football world. During the summer months, I know many of you are active, go into the lake, go into the beach. And if you want to live a healthier lifestyle and look better on these occasions, then I've got just the meal kit for you. It's Factor, America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit. And you can get 50% off your order right now using the code HTL50. Just go to factormeals.com slash HTL50 and get 50% off. You're going to save trips to the grocery store. Your meals are going to be ready in about two minutes. They're fresh, never frozen. Plus, they have over 34 weekly restaurant options like bruschetta shrimp risotto and grilled steakhouse filet mignon. They have keto, calorie smart, vegan, and veggie options. Don't forget about breakfast and start your day right with Factor. Take 50% off right now. Factormeals.com slash HTL50. That's Factormeals.com slash HTL50 and get 50% off. Call or text the McClarty Daniel hotline at 877-377-6963. McClarty Daniel, a vehicle for every lifestyle. When you're looking for a new car, you want to shop for a vehicle you love with an organization you trust. You've probably heard that McCarty Daniel means making deals, but what I'm inspired by the most is that McCarty Daniel means making a difference in our community. When you buy a vehicle with McCarty Daniel, you reinvest right here in the community, in our schools, in our little leagues, in our food banks, and our people. So you're not just making a purchase, you're making a difference too. Come see us at any of our six locations in Northwest Arkansas. 
Bet Online is your number one source for all your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, and more. Bet Online continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting and your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your phone. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. Remember to use our promo code BELIEVE. That's B L E A V for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics. One of the best programs in high school basketball in this state is the Northside Grizzlies. Two championships the last six years, also a state runner-up. You also have the 11 titles overall. Many of you know about Ron Brewer's undefeated season when he was a Northside Grizzly. That job recently came open, and it was just occupied recently by McKenzie Pierce, former Blytheville head coach who now joins us on the phone line. Coach, we we appreciate your time this morning. I kind of just listed the accolades there, what the Grizzlies program has built up over time. How attractive was the job with, with just the legacy that Northside basketball has in this state? Well, yeah, well, it's a big-time job. And first of all, Tommy, Ty, thank you uh, for having me on this morning. Look forward to uh, doing this uh, several more times throughout the years. But obviously, uh, you said it. Uh, it's one of the best basketball programs in the state. Uh, it's a place where year in and year out, you're going to have an uh, opportunity to do special things and coach special young men. And uh, that's why I'm here. Um, you know, I know to most people probably uh, in, in this uh, side of the state, which – I've been fortunate to live six years before and many years ago, but Blyville may not sound like uh, the best place in the world, but we've had a lot of success as a basketball program. A lot of talent comes through there, a great community that really uh, supports. Um, And so I always said it was going to take a really special job uh, to get me out of there. I've had some opportunities uh, throughout the years from, from, some pretty good schools that most people uh, from the outside looking in would have said, uh, you need to take those jobs and get out of Blyville. But um, it was going to take a top five job in the state uh, to get me out of there. And Northside is certainly that. And um, I think it has the potential uh, to be the number one job in the state. And so uh, me and my family are just uh, extremely fortunate uh, to be here and be in this position. And uh, we can't get can't wait to get to work for uh, Northside and those young men in, in the fortunate community. Mackenzie Pierce, new uh, head basketball, boys basketball coach at Fort Smith Northside with us here on the McClarty Daniel Hotline. I mean, Coach, my son's already in, in, in football practice. I know teachers are reporting, and you're making a job move in, in August. What 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 is that like? Because this isn't exactly the uh, the ideal time of the year, probably for the school or for you, to be making a move at this point. Yeah, it's uh, it's been uh, it's been hectic. It's been uh, very chaotic. <laughs> you know, uh, last Friday, uh, me and my wife got the confirmation uh, that this was going to happen. We got back to Blavel at about one a.m. Uh, Saturday, and then uh, started packing up uh, seven years of our life and uh, rode into Fort Smith. Uh, Monday about the same time at, at midnight and uh, woke up and got started uh, got started yesterday so uh, it's been hectic um, but you know I think God's timing is always right 
Um, there was just a lot of uh, little signs uh, throughout the process that just, you know, although this is hectic trying to find a house, we've got a five-year-old who will start kindergarten, and there's 19 elementary schools here. <laughs> which, hey, at Bible, there's one elementary school. You know where you're going. So uh, just the little things like that. But, you know, this past weekend, uh, King Cotton was going on back at Blyville, uh, which is a huge golf tournament. Uh, all I had several kids that play college basketball. Uh, they were in between summer session, fall session. So they were all back home. And uh, so it was just little signs like that where I was able to see a lot of people this past weekend before I got out of there. Uh, be able to come and yes, you know, feel a little behind the eight ball, just trying to make so many things happen in a short period of time. Uh, but hey, at the end of the day, we know it's all worth it. Uh, it's it's one thing at a time, just like I'm going to tell my guys uh, throughout the many years. It's it's one thing, one step at a time, and so that's how me and my wife are trying to approach it. But uh, we're super excited to be here and and get everything moving. And I'm not going to lie. Uh, could probably uh, fast forward through the next couple of weeks and <laughs> until we get actually settled in. But uh, we're happy to be here and, and can't wait to get to work for these yeah, guys no, in this community. No one likes living out of a cardboard box, so uh, we, we feel you there. Uh, Mackenzie Pierce, I know there's people listening. Mackenzie Pierce, Mackenzie Pierce, I know that name. If you know, For those that have paid close attention to the Razorback basketball program, if you go back a few years, you were on staff as a graduate assistant, got some ties going back to John Pelfrey and Mike Anderson's days. Uh, kind of walk through that because I know there's there's some in our audience that, that are probably familiar with your name and are trying to piece all that back together in their mind. Right. So I, I kind of actually went to Arkansas State out of uh, high school to play baseball, and that didn't work out for me. I always loved basketball. Um, that was always kind of my favorite sport. Um, and so after baseball didn't work out for me, I, I transferred up to the University of Arkansas in 2009 and in 2010, I got on as a manager with John Pelfrey uh, for his last year and a half there. And, and then uh, Coach Anderson came in, and I'll tell you, uh, you know, there's events that happen throughout your life that you just look back and go, uh, you know, I wouldn't be here today without this person, without this event. And that one of those events for me was certainly uh, Coach Anderson taking over as the head men's basketball coach at the University of Arkansas. And I finished my senior year as a manager for him and then was hired on as a graduate assistant coach uh, for Coach Anderson. And so uh, we had uh, some great teams. I was with him his first three years as part of the team that uh, went to Rupp Arena and uh, silenced the Kentucky Wildcat fans for the first time in over 20 years at Rupp Arena and able to be around some great, great players like Bobby Portis and Moses Kingsley, Marshawn Powell, B.J. Young, Kyle Madden, all those guys. So um, it was a great run. I learned a lot. Uh, you know, if you watch watch me play coach this year, you know, it's, it's not necessarily a Mike Anderson style. I don't know um, how much stuff uh, X's and O's wise uh, that I do that coach did, uh, but I learned a lot of great things from coach as far as, how to deal with people, how to build relationships, how to how to treat uh, everybody you come in contact with each day the same way. And, uh, yeah. and Coach has been so good for me, and uh, I definitely wouldn't be here uh, without him. 
Mackenzie Pierce is the uh, new boys basketball coach at Fort Smith Northside. You, you're talking about uh, a tradition-rich program at Fort Smith Northside. You don't have to walk far from uh, – if you found your new office yet, I, you won't have to walk far the other end of the floor to find another coach that's got a lot of titles and a tradition-rich program. That's Ricky Smith down the, down the hallway from you uh, who runs the girls' basketball program. Have you had a chance to talk to, to Ricky yet? And uh, what have you learned about one of the, the, the legends that, uh, that have coached on the girls' side? I have. So uh, he reached out to me, uh, I guess it was Sunday, Monday night when I was uh, headed to Fort Smith. And uh, we had a good about two hour phone conversation. And uh, uh, we had uh, got to meet each other yesterday morning face to face for the first time. Got to talk a little bit more. Actually going to head up there here shortly and and go talk to him again today. But uh, I'm going to tell you, I think me and him are going to get along just fine. And uh, I really enjoyed talking to him. He obviously knows uh, all the ins and outs of Fort Smith, and the uh, success uh, speaks for itself. And you know, he's the type of coach that you know I have aspirations to be like one day. You know, uh, I like winning. Uh, I like competing for championships. And uh, obviously, he's done that at the highest level for a very long time. And I know I have a lot that I can learn. Learn not only just learn from him, but lean on him uh, throughout the next next years and and uh, build that relationship with him to help me get this thing started. Coach, you mentioned golf. What's your handicap? <laughs> Not very good. I can <laughs> tell you that. Uh, I like to, I like to get out there and play a little bit. I probably don't play uh, three or four times a year, uh, but I don't mind getting out there and uh, hitting the ball in the woods and people making fun of me, but I do enjoy getting out there and uh, playing. Okay. Well, you can you can go play with Tommy for free on his account if you want to. Yeah. You want to do that? <laughs> yeah. He'll take yeah, care of sign, you. Yeah, sign for, him up there, Ty. Free, free golf. Free golf is by far the best golf. <laughs> yeah. Best type of golf. Well, you hey, don't want your basketball coach to be a scratch golfer. That's uh, that is that, true. And if he is, you shouldn't admit it. <laughs> so, no. I, no doubt. Well, I'm not a very good one. I'm not a very good one. If if I uh, if I break ninety, it's uh, it's a, it's a really really good day on the golf well, course. You're ahead of time. Yeah. Well, Coach, I've never broken 100, so you already, you already surpassed me. I, I want to ask about Jalen and Isaiah. I mean, these are guys that Arkansas fans love and will love till the end of time. Both two Arkansas guys that elected to go up to Fayetteville, two Fort Smith guys that were just in town this past week, now playing for the Oklahoma City Thunder. I mean, what, what kind of connection and, and how big is it that these guys are still still drawn to the Fort Smith community and still care very much about not just Fort Smith, but Arkansas as a whole? Well, I think it's a, it's huge. It's a huge asset for these kids. Uh, you know, and, and obviously the basketball part for Jalen and Isaiah both speak for themselves. We all know um, how good a basketball player. Obviously, they wouldn't be in the NBA. Um, but I think the best part about it is how good a people they are. And, uh you know, everybody knows Jalen for his smile. Uh, you know, those guys are just so respectful. Uh, they're so humble for all they've accomplished. They just carry themselves just like normal human beings. And uh, I think that's the biggest message that uh, I can send to kids. It's just, hey, if you work hard and uh, be a good person, anything can happen. And so they're just great ambassadors uh, for those young men um, that, you know, hard work, being a good person, uh, treating people the right way. When you do those things, life gets a lot easier. And uh, things like being able to play for the Arkansas Razorbacks, go to the NBA, 
are possible for a kid from Fort Smith. And uh, like I said, they're, they're big time people. Obviously, we know they're big time basketball players, but those two dudes are just unbelievable men and great ambassadors and role models for these kids. Coach, you may just touched on it. We'll get you out of here on this. I mean, every coach has two or three foundation blocks that they want their program to be defined by. Uh, what What is it that you want a McKenzie Pierce program to be defined by at Fort Smith Northside? Well, I think on the basketball court, uh, nobody, nobody better play harder than us. Uh, that's going to be the main thing is like, We've, we're going to play our tails off. We're going to prepare uh, to make sure we're in the best position possible to win the game. Uh, but I think off the floor, it's a very simple process. Uh, just be a good person. You know, those are kind of my two main things. We live in a world today where everything is overanalyzed, overhyped, over, you know, stimulated. And it, life just gets a lot simpler and you become a lot more successful if you can just be a good person and work hard. And that's just kind of my message to these guys right now. Hey, let's just work hard at everything we do. Let's work hard in the classroom. Hey, be a great son at home. Be a great sibling at home. Let's when we work when we work on the court, go as hard as you can. When you're in biology class, be the best student that you can be. I just think life gets a lot simpler, and all successful people kind of have that in common. They're they're good people and they work hard. If you can do those two things at whatever you want to aspire to be in life, you're you're going to go far and, and do well. And, so that's just the two simple things that I'm going to continue to ingrain in these young men's head throughout uh, throughout the years. Well, Coach, welcome to Fort Smith. Welcome to Western Arkansas. We got people listening you know, in Northwest Arkansas, the River Valley, and lots of parts beyond. And I know they look forward to, to seeing your team develop here over the next uh, uh, several months. And uh, we appreciate your time this morning here on the Morning Rush. Absolutely appreciate you guys. I'm sure we'll do it again soon. So I I got a question high school referee i've gotten right. a chance to play in the north side gym the south side gym the fayetteville gym green county tech i had seen little rock christian's new gymnasium that they just built what is the best high school basketball gym in the state oh and i know I we're about to get flooded on the mcclarty daniel hotline from a, each person in their their hometown or their alma mater but i i want to cross off what would make the what would make the best one? I mean, there's a lot of newer ones, but are we talking about atmosphere? Are we talking about scoreboards? Are we talking about they got chair back seats? I mean, I think to different people it makes you know different things make make a facility the best. I don't think biggest always makes it the best because some of these are built in a way that uh, you, you know the the crowd and the atmosphere aren't what it was in their old gym say yeah. you know because they built one that they used to have 800 seats now they got 2800 seats it's not as loud so i mean depend what do you think makes a good venue and a good atmosphere well i like playing in condart i like playing in hardy academy's home uh a home uh, basketball court because there's no ac and it was just kind of a fun like throwback thing I, mm-hmm. I just have these different basketball courts that i played in growing up either in middle school high school and then playing pickup and in various pockets of the state and i didn't know if there's one i needed to go check out at some point i got played all over and i want to hopefully keep crossing them off the checklist i just you've been in more basketball arenas than i have yeah i mean i didn't know there's one i need to visit and play a little pickup hey, you mentioned north side they've north side and south side got new ones as you said springdale's building a brand new one Are right they? now at uh, springdale high school and you know but but the old gym that has been there for years it's one of those places that's just got a tremendous atmosphere. Southside's old gym, which is now their cafeteria or whatever is where, where that used to be. Um, it you know it was tight and there wasn't a lot of seats, but it had a really good atmosphere. 
so for to me, it's not about you know LED ribbon board scoreboards and and luxury uh, chair back seats and you know light systems. I I, I want to go somewhere where the crowd is still loud and and has an influence on the game. So those those to me are the best ones. There's a lot of good ones uh, around our state. Fantasy football season is here, and Buffalo Wild Wings is your headquarters for your draft party. Buffalo Wild Wings has draft kits that include a draft board and player stickers. You won't go hungry with this dine-in fantasy bundle for your draft party. Get 50 traditional wings, 50 boneless wings, two trays of party wedges, party-sized chips and salsa, and a party queso dip, all for only $150. Plan your fantasy football draft party and get more details at your Buffalo Wild Wings in Fort Smith, Bryant, Little Rock, Sherwood, Conway, and Jonesboro. Buffalo Wild Wings. Beer. Wings. Football. It's Christmas in July. Give your family the gift of true comfort this summer with an HVAC system replacement from Pascal. No packages to unwrap, no batteries to buy, and no assembly required. Financing is available for as low as $99 a month and no money down with up to $2,000 in tax credits and savings. Don't wait for December. Get your holiday savings now. Schedule your free estimate today. GoPascal.com. At Joshua's Fine Jewelry, we specialize in getting you exactly what you want. Custom jewelry, professional repairs. We can even fix eyeglasses and other small trinkets. Now we offer services with a new laser engraving slash cutting machine. We can mark any shape or design you need. Company logos, fingerprints, religious symbols, even actual pictures can be engraved or just cut out into shape and preserved in metal forever. We can also engrave on other materials, glass, wood, plastic. Just ask. You can get what you want without settling for less. We can take any design or picture and turn it into a forever keepsake. Come see Nathan and let him tell you all the details. You can get exactly what you want at Joshua's Fine Jewelry in beautiful downtown Russellville. Core Jewelry! You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics. We got a breaking hog update news this morning as Justin Logan, four-star linebacker out of Georgia, has committed to the Arkansas Razorbacks. This comes off the heels of four-star linebacker Noriel White decommitting yesterday. He's out of Ocean Springs, Mississippi. So, Tommy, uh, while you subtract one yesterday, you add one this morning for the Arkansas football team in 2024. Well, and uh, that's just the fluid nature of it, right? And uh, I, I, do you get as do you get less concerned about high school recruiting now in the portal phase, portal era? Does it still mean as much to you? I think a little less because yeah. again, what, yeah. what what I've said before, and I'll say it again: Arkansas is never going to sign a top ten class out of high school unless something insane happens. What what would have to happen is if Kane Archer stays at his number one recruiting ranking in twenty twenty six quarterback wise, and he mm-hmm. pulls in a bunch of travel ball guys that he played with. That's the only way it's going to happen with something weird and obscure like that. Otherwise, Arkansas is going to kind of be in that top 25, top 20 range with high They'll school They'll never kids. sustain it is what yes. you're saying. You may have it happen once when lightning strikes, but it'll never be a sustained number. But Yeah, but portal-wise, y'all, you brought in, a, I think, on three rated just seven in the portal. Like, Arkansas is recruiting in the portal. Not only have they gotten the rankings, but they've gotten productive players. So, I'm... 
Tommy, I'm with you 100%. Those portal guys, it, it's it's devaluing. Well, that may not be the proper. It's to me, it's devaluing. I think of high school recruiting rankings. Well, it just it it it, it reprioritizes. I think uh, you know what's important. So, I mean, you know, we used to get all upset and all up in arms about some of that stuff, and they'd sign 25 players, and 12 of them would play, and 12 of them would. You know, not play or move on, transfer, whatever, and it's kind of what what happened in every cycle. And uh, now I just don't worry about it as much. Yeah. You know, not as big of a deal. That guy doesn't work out. We'll get one out of the portal. So that's the high school ranks. Moving to the professional ranks, Dan Skipper and La Michael Petaway out of Nashville have signed with the Indianapolis Colts. Now there was a really emotional locker room speech from Dan Campbell, who somehow, even though he's an Aggie. I like Dan Campbell, <laughs> the Detroit Lions coach, and uh, talking about how Skipper worked his way up through the professional ranks and was saying a bunch of great things about them. But he's got a, ho- a new home, as does LaMichael does, his former teammate, Tommy, it looks like, in Indianapolis. Yeah, that speech meant so much that he doesn't work there anymore. Yeah, <laughs> evidently. <laughs> Welcome to the NFL, son. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a business, man. Yeah. That's, uh, that's how it is. And uh, Well, you can't make a roster if you're not in camp, so... Got to be in camp to make a 53, so you got they got a chance. They're doing better than us. Yep. Uh, keeping the football conversation going, Tommy. Fall schedule, we get Pittman and Souders today. Guys report tomorrow, and then Friday actually starts practice. Again, we'll get to watch probably 15, 20 minutes or so. We'll hear from Coach Pittman and some players again on Friday. Coach Smith and the running backs on Saturday. Coach Fountain and Cam Little on Sunday. Coach Wilson, the D-backs on Monday, and then Coach Guyton and the wide receivers on Tuesday. I'm ready for Coach Guyton and those wide receivers. I want to hear what they have to say. Because, again, yeah. we, we talked about the skill position. You brought it up earlier. A.J. Green's probably your third-best skill player. I mean, you got to yep. get him on the field in some two-back sets this year. So that'll be Saturday, and we'll do that. But, yeah, it, uh, then we'll hear about special teams, like you said, on Sunday. But uh, open viewing for the media, and that, I don't know if that's – I didn't read all the fine print at the bottom. That's been defined for uh, the first 20 minutes. Yeah, uh, first 20 minutes of practice is going to be open to the media. Saturday, the 12th and the 19th, when they're going to do their big scrimmages. And um, – Pippen's going to talk after those, but the media's not going to get to see that. So uh, that's going to be that's going to be uh, I think where a lot of decisions are made. What happens on the twelfth and the nineteenth? Keeping so. the football thing going, Dwight McLaughlin Nudie has been named to the Bronco Nagurski Trophy watch list, best player in college football. Bo Limmer to the Outland Trophy, the biggest interior best interior lineman in college football. Tommy, I was going down the list of trophies and awards. Some I knew off the top of my head. Some I had to, to relook up. But you would be amazed that there's 20-plus like college football awards. Oh, it's like 30-something. Given, given yeah. out every year. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I've always said we need to have a more, you know, the uh, just come up with our own trophy for the morning rush, award it. You know, we might as well yeah. just get in line with everybody else, right? There's a lot of them, man. We might as well. Add to that tally. Might as yeah. well. I think there's like 37 or 38 awards. I mean, we used to pay attention to that back in the Petrino days because, you know, seemed like you always had some guys that were up for the Remington Award at center or different, different ones. Like I said, awards you never heard of. Ray Guy, Punter of the Year Award, some things along those nature. You, uh, you know, so uh, when they had that deal in Orlando, it was a long night of handing those awards out. So, <laughs> Yeah, Rocket will be there. This year, I don't know about anyone else, but I have a pretty good idea that he's going to be a a Doak Walker Award finalist as long as he stays healthy. Tommy, I did see, again, I always follow these ticket trends and situations as best I can for football and basketball and baseball. 
the Purdue tickets were on sale for Razorback Foundation yeah. members, and I think they're on sale maybe Friday for the general public. These things are cheap, y'all. And well, they're, I mean, listen. Depends on where you sit. I bought six of them yesterday. You did? And okay. uh, lower level, the prime seats, they were already down to singles. Um, if you want to sit, you know, 50-yard line, if you will, in midcourt behind the benches, good luck. There was lower level end zone and corners. And then uh, I, I just bought the seats that we normally sit in. Mm-hmm. I, I like the, you know. The front row of the upper deck. I like that. They're f- but uh, some people don't. I do. Those. So. If he got six of them, they're fifteen dollars a pop. So yeah, plus a plus a three dollar processing. Is fee. there really? Oh my gosh! Come they're on, eight, you. And they're eighteen a piece now. If you're in the lower level, I think it's twenty. Okay. So. Well, at least that's all. Hopefully, the fees again go to the relief efforts for what would happen. But the fees the, don't. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I wish. I wish they would. The lower bowl, Tommy, twenty or thirty. I mean. The highest price that I saw was thirty bucks for these exhibition tickets. Yeah. If you're, you said this several times this week. If you're not a season ticket holder or you can't get up to every game in the bye week, not a lot going on. I know college football's on, but this is a game to go to, man. Get yep. your tickets if you can. Yep, I bought uh, bought some yesterday. I don't know if I'll go, but I know we'll we'll have folks that want to go. So uh, um, I, I think that you know what else you going to. And I need to look. I, I don't have it there. Uh, at my, I don't have it here at my fingertips. The I need to look at who else is playing that week in the SEC. I'll tell uh, you in two seconds. Yeah, look at look at that. I don't have my my grid here at at my fingertips, but that will determine what I want to. But I, I you know Purdue. You know, coach talked about this yesterday in his press conference. You're going to play Purdue, who's a top three team, and you're going to play Duke, who's going to be a top three team, all in about a four week period. Now one counts, one doesn't. I get that. Plus, you're going to play three big time games in Atlantis and Oklahoma. Now you just take away Purdue, and you just think about the three in Atlantis he referenced, Oklahoma and Duke. He mentioned this yesterday. Maybe as five as difficult to five games in non conferences programs ever had. You throw Purdue in there, and you're looking at two top three teams in a four week stretch. Yeah. I mean, you're going you're going to know I think much sooner what you got, or at least what you better get better at by by January, uh, by mid December. Let me roll through the SEC football schedule. That this day. is for the bye week, on the twenty eighth. Yeah, All where right. Arkansas will play that basketball game against Purdue at three o'clock. Tennessee, Kentucky. Eh, that won't be bad. Mississippi, I'll go see basketball with that. State against Auburn, not yeah. bad. Van against Ole Miss, don't care. South Carolina against A&M, could be a decent game. And then world's largest cocktail party, which Georgia is going yeah. to annihilate Florida in that game. So, uh, to me, there's not a there's not a game I have to say. I'm not, if Alabama was playing Bama, LA, Bama and LSU off? Next, next week. Yeah, that's, their, that's their bye week. They'll I was going to say, so they're off that week. So, yes. yeah, I mean, there's really no reason to not uh, – I mean, there's, there's not an SEC game at least that, hey, I got to stay home to watch this. Yeah. You know? By the way, I need to attach this to the airways right now. If you scalp and try and oversell the tickets for the charity exhibition game, you are the scum of the earth. Don't do that. If you're going to go, go. Buy the tickets, but don't scalp the stinking tickets for the tornado relief efforts. I mean, please don't do that. Please, if you buy tickets, go to the stinking game. If you can't go, sell them face value. That's my TED Talk. <laughs> God. Well, man's got to make a dollar, man. These are hard oh times. They got gosh. these big electric bills, man. At Joshua's Fine Jewelry, we specialize in getting you exactly what you want. Custom jewelry, professional repairs. We can even fix eyeglasses and other small trinkets. Now we offer services with a new laser engraving slash cutting machine. We can mark any shape or design you need. Company logos, fingerprints, religious symbols, even actual pictures can be engraved or just cut out into shape and preserved in metal forever. 
forever. We can also engrave on other materials, glass, wood, plastic. Just ask. You can get what you want without settling for less. We can take any design or picture and turn it into a forever keepsake. Come see Nathan and let him tell you all the details. You can get exactly what you want at Joshua's Fine Jewelry in beautiful downtown Russellville. Core Jewelry! Have you tried Benville Brewing's new Space Goose Hazy India Pale Ale? It's handcrafted in Arkansas. You'll taste the great tropical citrus, including the passion fruit, the guava, and pineapple. It's creamy, zingy, and zows the taste buds. It's weird, wonderful, and wacky all at the same time. Try the new Space Goose Hazy India Pale Ale from Benville Brewing. So we've shifted some things around lately. Clay's going to be joining us now on Wednesdays. At the same time he joined us on Thursdays, 8 o'clock. Clay, welcome in, man. 31 days out till Arkansas football. You got a chance to catch up with Coach yeah. Williams and Coach Enos and ask them a, a bunch of insight and a bunch of questions. I, uh, where I want to start is the, the running back room. We've heard a lot about Rocket Sanders, of course, as the preseason All-American, All-SEC performer. A.J. Green is the guy that's probably going to be in that two slot. With, with Dominique Johnson kind of being ready to go, where do you think he factors into the mix along with Rashad DeBinion this fall? Yeah, I, you know, I was uh, kind of talking in the break, of, you know, the entry where – you guys were making all the money a while ago about, you know, that you ought to, you know, read my dad's book. And I'm going to throw a name at you, and it's probably – you. Tommy probably remembers him, maybe remembers that he played in the NFL. But I imagine Dominic Johnson – and just so you know, when, when uh, Dan and I talked, oh, a few weeks ago – they weren't really sure about Dominic Johnson. You know, it's like, hey, it's it's kind of like Quincy McAdoo. Yeah, let's let's uh, let's don't you know count our chickens before they hatch or whatever. You know, it's like that. That's uh, that guy's. He's coming back. But let's talk about these three. But uh, Jesse Clark is a guy that I can imagine that you gave him the ball in short yardage in the goal line, and he is a powerful, you know, move it forward back. Uh, he is a dynamite blocker, so you can use him on third downs. Um, you know, if you got, you got in that situation like the LSU game where, you know, they've got that great edge rusher, the linebacker, you know, his name escapes me right now. I'm talking about. You betcha. I think Dominic would be, you know, the, he would be the match for him, be able to block him and, and – in you know, in, in hitting, knocking backwards. So, uh, just imagine Jesse Clark on the goal line, and and he he scored a lot of touchdowns for Lou Holtz, and in you know the split back veer, and and I think that you know Dominic is is a if he's healthy, he's coming back from two ACL surgeries. Mm-hmm. So, in all my history, we'll see if either one of you can guess this. There is one great running back at Arkansas that came back from two ACLs. Madre, right? Madre Hill? Madre Hill. I'll say Cody Walker. <laughs> I don't know. Well, he had some injury. I lost well, track of which ones were. Yeah, I'm talking what? about somebody that came back after two ACLs and gained 1,500 yards. Yeah. Um, so, uh, <laughs> he carried it 49 times against Auburn. I mean, it just that was just a Got you, to, game. got you an SEC championship you game. You bet. He did yeah. that night. And 95. they kept handing it to him, and he kept saying, give it to me some more. 
you know, I heard that Auburn game was that the one in Little Rock where Arkansas is the night big game in Little Rock, and then they just kind of yeah. held them off. Beat, and, beat, uh, beat Auburn for the was that the first might have been the first or first SEC win well, over Auburn maybe. Yeah, so yeah. what that was significant that year is that they swept Auburn in Alabama, and you know I I think the Hogs Illustrated after that Auburn victory is like. The headline I put across the the front cover said Alabama State champs, and they you know they they didn't finish great, but uh, you know you know what Madre might have got that he might have it might have been the before he got his second ACL, so I he he might have got uh, you know he got one in the SEC championship game a little later, but it, it was he still. Uh, you know, the greatest back to, to come back from that kind of an injury, mm-hmm. double ACL. And did he, Clay, didn't he have like five or six touchdowns against South Carolina? Oh, yeah. One game? Yeah, that was, uh, that was the start of that great season. And uh, they had, seemed like maybe they lost to SMU the week before, and then they just erupted. Rocky Felker predicted it and said they, they had this guy number 77, and they were going to run behind him. Brandon Burlesworth, <laughs> yeah. young offensive lineman at that time. You know, he really was uh, not famous, but he was really a good player. He'd he'd uh, he'd get the defensive tackle kind of chip on him, and then he'd get the linebacker knock him out of the way. The running back be through the hole, and then all at once they'd be running down the field, and he's looking for the safety. Yeah, you just didn't see that very much from an offensive guard. You know, somebody could go. Now back to your question about. Dominic Johnson, we don't know yet. Uh, he's a he's gravy, but it sounds like you know that he's got a chance to come back this year. And you just uh, you don't count on it. But if you get him, then that's uh, that's four really really good ones in the room. And Dan Enos just just kind of blurted it out. We can win SEC games with any one of those threes. Didn't talk about Dominic. But it's, uh, you know, whether you want to talk about Rocket, Green, or Dominion, he says, now we may have two of those on the field at one time. We may have three of them on the field at one time. Put one of them in the slot, you know, do some things like with Felix. You move him around, jet sweeps, dump it to him, pass it. You know, know, start out with three back there, and all at once, you know, they, they go different directions. Kind of like they did with Jeremy Sprinkle when he he played alongside Hunter Henry. They'd start off with him in the backfield, and you're like, well, where's he going? And then when he goes, he's walking into a mismatch. And so that's the beauty of what Dan can do when you give him that many good pieces. So we were kicking this around earlier. Who's the third best offensive skill player on this team? KJ and Rocket are one and two. You can, you can argue the order, but uh, I'd have KJ yeah, one. So, Who's the third best one? Yeah. So, Tommy, what you got is two different types. And uh, because I say I say it's AJ Green. So well, I, I'm just telling you, Dependian is really good, okay. and he's and when Danny you know starts the, comparing him to Alex Collins, man, that's a that's a mouthful. The point and is, it's not a pass catcher. It's not a wide receiver. That's the point. So, yeah, but both of those guys can catch it. Yeah, and and I so you can put them out there, and they can be wide receivers. But it's, I think that they have plenty of talent 
plenty of playmaking ability at wide receiver. And different points in the spring, it was different guys. Bryce Stevens was probably the most consistent from start to finish, but I, I would watch out for Isaiah Satania. And I, I, I watched him in practice uh, last year, and I was like, Man, he's just too light. And he gained seven pounds over the summer. Now you think, well, seven pounds. Well, it's the percentage of weight. He went from 173 to 180. I mean, that's that's like an offensive line gaining, gaining you know, 20, 25 pounds. That is, it's all muscle. You know, it's, it's in his legs. It's in his chest. Um, that will serve him well. And I, I think that Dan Enos told me that they did – you know, like a highlight tape after the spring. You know, somebody put it together, and they just, you know, all the all the nice plays, the juicy plays, he calls them. Boy, they just kept seeing Satania. I mean, he made them. He made plays. He made plays with the ball in the air with his hands. He made plays with his feet. He got past people. You know, he, he got separation, you know, on his break because of his quickness, and so did Stevens. Now, they've got those big, tall, long ones, those transfer guys. And, you know, one of them would have a good first two weeks and get hurt. One of them would have a good last week, you know, kind of figure it all out. And you just know that they were they were learning in the spring and uh, had not been against SEC speed and talent, you know, defensive backs. And they've worked against those guys all summer. And I, I think that they are talented. Everybody – in the Arkansas program that watched tape of them from, you know, Hillsdale College or Texas A&M Commerce or all, you know, they, they're like, man, they, they make plays. Great hands. And I'll take them. We're talking with Clay Henry. Again, his new time is on Wednesdays at 8 o'clock. If you want to get in with hey, us. Thank you all for letting me do this. this yeah, we had my to, idea. Yeah, and, and we, Tommy, you know, everybody's like, Tommy, Tommy shuffled you off to the afternoon guys. And both of those guys are my friends. I'm, I worked with Derek back in the days when he was doing this morning show with you, Tommy. And, you know, uh, he, he's, he has really worked hard and done a nice job, especially the last few months. I listened to him, and I told, told you I would like to work with him. I've known Zach Arns when he was working, you know, in Bo's production company doing the Touchdown Club and, and stuff. You know, was in there around him on a daily basis. So, I, you know, they're my friends, and I look forward to that hour with them. And you know what? I look forward to the hour with you and, and Ty. So thank you, Tommy. You're welcome. I mean, it was very difficult working around your extensive nap and fly time schedule. That uh, <laughs> Yeah. I, you had pretty is. high demands on it. Uh, is, well, I, I did. I did lay the law down and said it's either this or the highway. Yeah, and you I mean, said, "Well, like you can go ahead and go to Colorado." <laughs> so I did. <laughs> that napping schedule was hard to put the puzzle together. I mean, yeah, I had to get I'm some sorry. Logis- logistics people in here to, Ty, to figure this got, out. You got your agenda lined out, so I'm sorry to interrupt you, but I I would be remiss if I hadn't didn't say that. Ah, uh, you're good, Clay. I, I've known for the past couple of years now. Sometimes I lay some things out, and sometimes we go in a different direction. So kind of adjust. As, as best I can. Well, we've talked a lot of offense to this point. Yep. 
Um, Defense-wise, you lose Torian Carter last year right before the season. And I know that was a big blow for the Arkansas interior. You talked about A-gap. And, I mean, Williams was <laughs> – he was uh, – Coach Bibb was joking in media days about Williams would come after guys at UCF and was running a lot of times zero blitzes, no one in the back end with safeties or anything. I, it seems like – tell me if I'm wrong on this. It seems like the streak to that defense looks like the the – outside of the the defensive line with Morgan and and some of the other guys coming off the edge what can maybe. you tell yeah maybe and in but I think the important thing to note is that they've got about six interior tackles and they're, they're not they're not going to come up short there um, you know when you talk about cam ball and Tarin Carter and uh, Eric Gregory who's like 322 now I mean it, it, they've got and you know Gregory was a defensive end, so he's got some you know some quickness and speed. They can absorb some hits in there, and then they you know they added a couple of new guys uh, that that really are, are stout, have played Power Five football as a defensive tackle. But you're right, they've got you know six or seven defensive ends. I mean, Jashad Stewart, I think, is terrific. Zach Williams, they've uh, you know they're both trim. I mean, they they. They're built for speed. They're going to attack. Uh, they're not going to hold still on defense, and you're right. And, and I think their linebackers, they've got six, seven of them. And you can say, well, who's going to be the other one with Jordan Crook? And I know you got that on your agenda, but they're going to they're going to play a whole bunch of them because and that's Travis Williams' position, and he feels like he can just roll them in and out. And if you see somebody come off the field, it's not because they played poorly. He's just going to try to keep them fresh. And, you know, you can play two, and you say, well, those are our best two. And then then all at once you get one hurt, and you didn't have some guys ready. But he's going to make sure that, uh, especially early, he plays a lot, and they're all going to get seasoned, and they're all going to, you know, get on tape. For, for them to correct and, and to get it right. But they, they've got speed at linebacker. They're a, they're a little faster than what I've seen. Uh, you know, Bumper Pool and Grant Morgan, they were not, they, they weren't speedy. Just, let's just, let's just get that. They made plays. When they got there, they didn't miss tackles. Not very often. But they needed another step. And, uh, these guys have that, that, that that gear that you really like, be it you know Pooh and and Jordan being able to close, and then they've got some transfers that played you know from U- yep. uh, Central Florida and or I guess uh, Greer and Thomas, yeah, Greer and Thomas. I mean, they really have played a lot of football in good defenses against good teams. So, I, and I don't want to get too deep in the the weeds on oh, no, X's and O's stuff. <laughs> I know you do, but <laughs> with, with, with a four down front that they're shifting to. Uh, keeping keeping the tackle, the offensive tackles off the linebackers, I, I I would think you'd have an edge there versus three down linemen, or you walk someone up. I mean, I know I know you can talk about four down linemen and two or three in the you know where where you align those from the linebacking standpoint. But one of the keys is you gotta you gotta make sure you draw enough attention on that defensive line so they can't get immediately out yeah. and block your linebackers. So here here's the deal in in. You know, they, they like to say, hey, we're going to play some four down. They're going to play a lot of three down. They they may – you don't decide most of the time in the summer that we're going to play this. You decide 
in the summer when you look at the first six teams and you see what their offense is, then you decide, okay, this is how we're going to attack that one. This is going to how we're going to attack that one. And that determines a lot of times, you know, are you in four down or are you in three down? He he wanted to make sure they, I'm talking about Travis Williams, they can play four down. So if somebody lines up with two tights or, you know, or they got a heavy package with the H-back and a tight end, that they can match that with physical four-man front. But what they really have is a jack linebacker, which is, you know, that's the, that's the, the weak side. And he can, he can step back and drop. And play pass. I'm talking about Landon Jackson, uh, Jeff Coat. There's one more in there, maybe three more. Brad Spence is is a linebacker, a freshman linebacker. They think he can play Jack because he can play. He's really physical, but he can run, and he's a natural linebacker. They've got four or five that can play that Jack position. And if you watched Auburn, Kevin Steele, that was the brutal guy. And, and even with the with Alabama, they play that same type defense where it looks like a three-man and all once that jack steps up and he's a beast. And you're like, we don't know who's going to block him. And then he drops and then he gets in the flat and covers and he just wrecks a guy, you know, that's coming over the middle. I mean, just wrecks him. And you may you may have some more insight on this. Co- Coach Pittman was with us last week while you were gone. We had a nice conversation with him. But he and I think he was referring to one of the corners in the secondary. But it called it the, the, a hog corner. What, what did he call it? He, he, he started the with the hog. So yeah, that's going to be the, the okay. The, 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 you know, so that's what they're going to call their nickel is the hog. So all right, I didn't know uh, if, in your conversation. Yeah, with and Travis he's a corner, Williams, but that's what I mean. You're playing right. a corner at nickel, but that they call that the hog, and they've got about okay. five guys that that. You know, they've looked at there, and Travis says they're going to keep massaging it, and they're going to find their best five and, and then leave them out there. And I was really interested. So where's Hudson Clark? Well, he's he's at one of those, those safety positions, and they're not going to move him. He says, we've got enough guys. He's not going to be the Swiss Army you know, knife that he's been in the past. And he's, he said, if you want to get somebody good at one spot, you leave him there. And they they said they've done him a disservice because he's smart and he's technical. And they're like, okay, well, we're a little short at corner room. He said, we're not short anywhere. And I I think what you've seen, and it's not just at Arkansas, and and this was another conversation, but the portal, each one of those position coaches went out and got what they wanted. You know, Deke Adams, he he went and targeted some defensive tackles and defensive ends, you know, from Power 5, and they loaded up. And they're too deep in a lot of places. They're much better off in the secondary. And, a, and two or three of their true freshmen that were there in the spring, and I could look at the roster and tell you, um, they're hits, and they are going to play special teams and be ready to step in. And they, they've got much more depth in the secondary than they had. And they had to do that. They had to go out and, you know, and get some portal help. But I will tell they you. They did everywhere except yeah, running back. I will tell that's you. That's the only place they did. Yeah, I'll tell you. Uh, and that's probably the hardest place to go find a portal player. Um, they didn't need them. Yeah, Alabama got one last year from Georgia Tech, and that, and that was a big part of their team. But if you go around the SEC, and, and you know, at some point in the next two weeks, you're going to say, hey, let's – Give me a record. Yeah. And I know a lot about Arkansas. 
But I know from talking to Arkansas coaches that they're aware that everybody in the SEC did exactly what they did. This podcast has been presented by Bet Online. This podcast is an exclusive property of Pearson Broadcasting. It may not be copied, reproduced, modified, published, uploaded, reposted, transmitted, or distributed in any way without Pearson Broadcasting's prior written consent. Subscribe to the Hit That Line Podcast Network, the best podcast in the natty state. Just search Hit That Line wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.